0: This is Dr. XH Balthazar. I am broadcasting once again to present to you my findings from the world of the uncanny. A few mornings ago, I received a letter in the mail from a listener of this broadcast whose life has been shattered by what they describe to be an evil presence. Seeking to find peace by sharing their story, Mrs. Joan Byer and her husband, Harrison join me in my dwelling. I will now play the recording of this conversation for you.
1: Thank you for having us, Doctor. Harry, darling, don't you want to thank the doctor for his hospitality?
0: Yes, yes, th- thank you. It is no trouble at all. It takes a great deal of courage to come here. Would you like to begin by telling me about the incident?
1: Yes, sure. Well, me and Harry got married back in Massachusetts, a little town outside of Boston. That's where Laney was born.
0: Your daughter? Yes. Was.
1: Harry, please. But six months back, in May, Harry got a job offer at Garner Correctional Institution in Litchfield, Connecticut.
0: So you moved to Litchfield? I'm a, a guard.
1: Oh, yeah, he's a man of the law. <laughs> Loves the law. Isn't that right, honey?
0: Yes. So you moved to Litchfield?
1: A big, big house. I remember driving up to see it, and the moment I set eyes on it, I knew he belonged there. Two stories. Lots of grass and trees. Even a pool in the backyard. We put an offer in on the spot. Laney didn't like it there from the start. Well, she was eight. Her favorite color changed every day. It's not like you were taking her feelings into account, either. Anyhow, we were excited about the house. It was the beginning of summer. Harris was going to barbecue. We'd put up a tire swing for Laney in the backyard. It was nice. Then we filled up that fucking pool. Harry, language. He wanted to teach her how to swim. He can backstroke, butterfly, the whole nine yards. I take a dip once in a while, but nothing more. Not really my thing. We wanted to teach her how to swim. Okay. We. So we filled up the pool, and Harrison's got her in his arms, and it was so cute, the way she paddled with her little hands. (laughs) And she was good at it, too. Like her dad. (laughs) It's marvelous how quickly children pick those things up. You blink, and suddenly they're on to something new. But when she got out of the pool, we noticed she had a cut on her ankle. And we didn't know where it came from. Mommy! Mommy! May I have a tissue? Please. After being cut, she seemed frightened. Saying there was something swimming at the bottom of the pool, but... You know how kids are like that. Believe me, I believed there were monsters everywhere in the house when I was her age. But slowly, I had her take another swim. You should have been watching her while she was swimming. I cannot keep apologizing. It was just an earshot away, gardening. She was in there two minutes before she jumps out and runs up to me crying. <laughs> She said, There's something in the pool. Yes, honey. What is it? I don't know, but I can hear it underwater screaming. Let me look. Baby, there is nothing in the water. I don't know, but I can hear it underwater screaming. She's angry. It's just your imagination running wild, honey. Come here. Give mommy a hug. We should have listened to her rather than placating her. We couldn't have known, darling. If I have
0: to hear that one more time...
1: I'll stop saying it once you start hearing it.
0: Harrison, I understand you're in a deep well of pain. Perhaps you would like to share the story from your viewpoint.
1: That's all this is to you, a story. This is my family, my life.
0: Of course, and I do not take that lightly. My goal is not simply to tell stories... But to help audience members understand these experiences and the feelings behind them, no matter how raw and painful they are. Never mind, tell them what happened, Joan.
1: Well, Laney wouldn't step foot in the pool after that. She kept saying she could hear that voice in her head. She was different after that. Sudden sounds made her jump like a dog. And she barely ate. And when she slept, she'd wake up crying so hard she would throw up. Poor baby. We even took her to see someone. A psychoanalyst, they call it. But they just said she was feeling blue. And that she'd get better soon. About a week after Laney came to me crying... I saw something I hadn't seen before.
0: What was it you saw?
1: Well, see, Laney had one of the only rooms that faced the backyard. And one afternoon, when it was just me at home, and I was up in a room, tidying up, I saw something out of the corner of my eye that caught my attention. Bubbles at the edge of the pool closest to her window as though as though someone or something was below the surface breathing and waiting I went down to the pool but the bubbles had stopped I thought my eyes must have tricked me soon we decided to cover up the pool Lainey kept talking about the voice in the pool hurting her. It, it got better after that. Except the 4th of July. We just had to have people over. I was excited to entertain. Bought a case of beers, some burgers, and opened up the pool. It had been almost a month, and I guess I hoped that Laney may have grown out of her fears. No one had arrived yet. We were still getting set up, and again, we just had our backs turned for a second, just a second. And then I heard that...
0: Splash! I knew.
1: My heart sank to my feet. Mommy! Daddy! Help! We both turned to see Lainey thrashing in the water. She seemed unable to move. Her body was being pulled down by what looked like a shadow. It didn't have a head, but it had eyes like flashlights and a gaping trench that looked like a mouth. I jumped in the water immediately. I used every single inch of strength I had to wrestle her out of the water. But the the gravity, whatever was pulling her down, was so strong. And the shadow didn't touch us. She didn't want us. She wanted her. Thirty seconds, a minute, two minutes. This demon had her in his arms at the bottom of the pool. I mean, I'm a prison guard, right? I put monsters into cages and I make sure they don't escape to keep everyone safe. And I couldn't do that for my own daughter. I should have believed. I should have believed that she knew what one looked like, too. Oh, Harry, it's not your fault.
0: I don't often grow too emotional when listening to the stories of those I interview, but Joan and Harrison's story was particularly moving. After they took the time they needed to compose themselves, I share with them the research I had found about the history of the house they had moved into. In some hidden records, I learned that a young girl named Diana Price had passed away some thirty years ago by being drowned by a family member in that very same pool. Now, to assume that Miss Price's death created the likes of a ghost is beyond my reach, but we cannot rule it out. It is a harrowing story that defies the laws of what we believe to be true, but should be meditated on. As always, I thank you for tuning in, listeners. And until next time,